0: Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the YVR Remo Show. Happy to have you, whether this is your first episode or your 95th. I don't even know where we're at at this point, but a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. My energy is is high right now. Really excited about this episode and many episodes to come uh, in the future right now. You know, an interesting uh, conversation that we're going to have today, and I I really enjoyed our conversation around what we talked about, which is uh, rising interest rates. Let's be honest, interest rates in Canada haven't been high in over 10 to 12 years at this point right now, not relatively speaking, or not even close compared to historically speaking. And so when we talk about rising interest rates on our end, we're talking about very minor changes, a quarter percent, half percent, three quarters of percent, something of that nature over a, a period of time of three, six, 12 months, this this sort of situation However, there's a lot of sensitivity in the real estate market around interest rates because a lot of people may not understand what their situations are or their budget is, what the impact is and so much more. And so, we're here to tell you all's not lost. Rates are not going to go through the roof or anything of that nature, but they may eventually rise. And when they do, do you want to be prepared and do you want to be ahead of the game or do you want to be chasing and trying to call and figure out what the heck you can do? So, Chancellor, you probably want to be in that number one category, and I think that's why you're going to want to enjoy this episode today, and you're going to love it, because we talked a little bit about, hey, what to do if uh, interest rates were to increase, some different options, some different scenarios, um, and you can kind of pick and choose what's important to you, and how it might impact you. As always, uh, today's episode was presented by the company, our company, uh, myself, Dean, and Derek. Uh, the owners of Thrive Mortgage Co. And our job and goal, our our priority is to help families create wealth through real estate, whether that's investing in real estate or making smart financial decisions or hopefully both all together at the same time. We help people understand how to purchase homes effectively, refinance, and just basically break the mold of the uh, typical banks. By the way, if there's one thing that you could do for us today, if you're liking the content, if we create some value, if we saved you some money, if we inspired you, if we helped you, Please hop on our iTunes and leave us a 5-star review. Let us know what you think. We're going to sh- we send coffee out to people that give us reviews because we love you so much. Just send us a screenshot on Instagram at the YVR Remo Show or at the Thrive at Thrive Mortgage Co and we'll send you a coffee to your house just for giving us your awesome feedback. So thank you so much for that juice. Uh, Also, if you feel so compelled, share us out. Share us out and tag us so we know you're liking the show. Send us some DMs. We'd love to hear that. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listeners every show. Uh, You know, we're at 25,000, 30,000 downloads. I don't know, some crazy number at this point right now. So we've had a lot of listens, uh, but we love to hear from our guests. So uh, let us know what you're thinking. Give us the feedback on the feedback channels and enjoy the episode. We'll see you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Good morning and good evening good afternoon, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to the episode here today. Um, Yeah, I think we're going to talk about a topic that's been Honestly, top of mind since the beginning of uh, March of 2020, when interest rates went historically low for a few months, at least in Canada, they did. Uh, in the US, we saw rates obviously decrease like crazy throughout the calendar year 2020. And you know we've seen things obviously over the course of the year across the border start to increase slowly and a lot of habits change and a lot of interesting feedback. In Canada, it's been interesting. We've seen fixed rates go back to kind of pre pandemic levels at this point right now, but variable rates based on prime are still historically low. And so I think like the reality is over the course of the last year or two years, people have gotten so tuned in to what their version of low rates are, that they're very concerned about what happens if interest rates change, especially given the real estate market, what's happening. Now, I know that we're gonna talk about this as we go forward, rates are still historically low. And even if they went up by 1%, they're still very low in all context. But there's a lot of people out there who call us, geez, weekly, uh, message us on a regular basis and ask us about, you know, what do I do? How do I protect myself against rates going up? And and where do I go with that? So it made a lot of sense for us to hop on, have an episode about that, talk about what to do if you have any concerns if rates were to go up. Um, undoubtedly, some of them will, and you know, if there should be any level of concern, so. I mean let's uh let's round table this guys i mean how do we feel about where we're at as far as interest rates are you know at the later
1: end of uh the year 2021. it's an interesting time and the their fear is that it is going to go up and the the one thing that's been pretty consistent during the entire pandemic is the rates have pretty much gone down at a at a consistent rate and then plateaued at, at the bottom floor here especially when we're looking at variable rates and so like the the common thought process is it's just got to go up and then now you know you know where we are today we we have a new covid variant coming out changes in the market are are coming again we're starting to see another potential big disruptor and it's just hard to know where it's going to go it's very difficult to predict right now and so we I, i think all three of us could personally agree we don't expect them to go up significantly or at all over the next 12 months um but again, being being that it's so unpredictable, it's always a calm, It's always prudent to just prepare
2: for for the worst. Yeah, I think just awareness is huge, right? Because if you go into this blind, um, you put your blinders on, and you're just hoping and thinking that we're going to have these 1.5 percent rates forever. It's probably not realistic. So we need to plan and think ahead. And what is this going to look like for your situation? Is this going to put you into a situation where it's outside of your budget, right? If rates go up. Um, is there something that you can do now to take advantage of the rates that we have, right? Like increasing your payment. Try to find more savings in your mortgage currently while we have these amazing rates, right? So we're gonna run through a, a whole list of, of items that you can kind of take into consideration and, and prepare for if and when rates do go up that'll hopefully um you know find some comfort. No doubt. I mean, and, and as we're having this conversation, we don't want to date it too much because I think
0: this could be a relevant conversation for weeks and months ahead. Um, but you know, uh, there's a lot of factors that go into what happens with interest rates. And we talked about this in the past, what makes a fixed interest rate move, what makes a variable rate move and uncertainty in the, in the world. And especially from an economic consideration, while we continue to navigate this pandemic is going to continue to likely keep interest rates on the lower side. So it's not like we're telling you today that interest rates are going to, you know, go up and do not use that term skyrocket. Cause there is no such thing in the mortgage world. There's no skyrocketing rates to be really clear on that one right away. Uh, but ultimately we're just, again, saying that there's a lot of factors that would say long-term we'll see things normalize. So let's get into some of the first options and some of the things that we've been doing actually day one, since day one, um, when it comes to mortgage interest rates that have been helping out and saving families Well, since April, 2020, we've been doing this. So saving families, literally thousands of dollars, Dean, you you've been obviously leading the charge on this. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the refinancing situation?
1: Yeah, I would say the number one opportunity that we've been seeing for, from a refinance perspective is just to simply drop the interest rate. And you know, historically, th- there's a number of reasons which we'll get into uh, about why you would refinance, but the number one reason to date uh, in the last two years of the during the pandemic has been to drop your rate. And we've seen some significant savings. I'd say on average, we've seen clients go from a fixed rate mortgage into a variable rate mortgage or, or in some cases, a higher variable rate term and into another lower variable rate term mortgage and save on average ten to fifteen thousand dollars over the remaining months of their current term. So really important when we're when we're looking at a rate drop scenario, we're running a very detailed report and we're looking we're comparing the time that you have in your current term because that's that's what you're currently on track for. So we want to ensure if we're going to do any sort of refinance to drop rate, and that's the main reason here is to drop the rate, we need to make sure you're going to save, you're going to at least save the penalty cost because there is going to be a penalty to break that mortgage. So we want to make sure you're going to save that cost and some for the remaining months of your term. And, and what we're seeing there is after paying, paying the penalty back with the interest savings, you're saving an additional 10 to 15,000 on top of that. The second point on that first, so like tailoring on that. So what we're, we talk a lot about the rate drop
0: piece. One uh, of the other reasons then we'll, we'll, we'll obviously touch more on this in the second um, you know point, which is the refinancing and looking at your current liabilities, but to your consideration about the refinancing now and the rates, One thing that people should know about that is one of the big reasons that we continue to believe in the variable rate mortgage is that when you have a variable rate, you only have to pay out three months worth of interest to get out of that thing. So if we've seen the variable rate drop by 35 points, 30 points, 50 points, like it it almost always makes sense to refinance, especially if you're in the first six months, 12 months of your term, like even more so in some situations, because you've only made it say, you know, six, 12 months in your term, you still have another four years. If you have a variable rate at prime minus 45, and we can get you prime minus 95, that's a fifty-point you know difference right there, and that could uh, you know be the equivalent of ten thousand dollars on your mortgage for a very minimal amount of work and relatively low cost. In fact, nothing out of pocket in most situations. So, you know, obviously fixed should be a consideration, but variable, almost in my situation or suggestion, would be
2: more. Yeah, I think a big part of that right now as well. I mean, with talks of rising rates eventually is you know if you're sitting in a 1.9 percent variable and you can refinance to get into a 1.4 that means that if and when rates go up let's say over the next two years they go up by one percent you're going to land at 2.4 rather than 2.9 right and that 2.4 is currently well below the fixed rates that are being offered so again just this planning for future right um i personally just refinance my mortgage again to get to the lowest possible variable so that when we do hit the top end i'm going to be at the lowest possible you know, top-end variable rate once rates have kind of eclipsed. Like, there's a lot of fear
1: for people that haven't taken a variable before. The the fear of the past that you know the 80s and the, or the early 90s when rates just spiked 5 10 so there is fear from people that uh, haven't taken a variable that that could happen to them and so you know what we look at is is we definitely don't want to convince anyone we've talked about this at length we don't want to convince anyone to go variable like you need to be comfortable with that decision and and understand the stats and all we can do is look back you know we look back at the last 12 years we've seen eight increases over 12 years eight increases and they've all been for a quarter percent so from Derek's example of they hey it could go up one percent that to us that seems like a real worst case scenario for them to go up one but for some that may be like the, the best case scenario from the fear of the past so again this isn't a, this isn't a podcast to convince you to go variable this is just the facts and the information that you should you should know but again anything that happened in the past especially in our country does cannot necessarily predict the future last piece on that when we talk about rates from
0: you know because it is typically someone's mom or dad or something like that that says "Oh, rates went to you know i had rates at 18 percent in the 80s now i mean we're seeing less of that as obviously people are starting to age out and not experiencing that but the other factor to consider here is there were a lot of there were very few uh guards in place that would protect people or sorry protect the economy from having rates like that there have been a lot of new measures put in place so that does not happen in our economy and almost couldn't happen at this point right now so i mean that's probably its own podcast and something we can get into at another time but just it's almost guaranteed it wouldn't happen like that anymore just based on the economic conditions around it so let's move on and let's talk about your debts and liabilities and, and um you know obviously how that factors in so if your concern is on your mortgage the funny well this is okay it's not funny for a lot of people but the interesting thing is like people are super concerned about their mortgage payment going up 100 or 200 but they'll take on a 400 uh, 600 800 you know a $1000 uh car payment at any time or credit cards at 20% interest and so forth there's a way that you could take advantage of both options together in terms of reducing your overall payments and reducing your debt
1: And it's funny, the fear of a variable, back to the fear, because this really plays into this unsecured debt side of things. The fear is that the rate can go up. But a lot of people don't realize that, hey, you're in a line of credit, you have a $25,000 unsecured line of credit that's also based on a prime rate that can change. So you're in a product already that has the risk of going up in interest rates. So when you look at, you know, your comment of, of, you know, high interest payment on a car loan, or, you know, a high interest payment on a line of credit, these are things that you can you can achieve significant interest savings by consolidating this into the mortgage. Like and and it's it's really shocking that you know we'll you know as a Canadian we'll be so so careful about oh I don't want to pay an actual point one percent on my mortgage, but they won't even look at the fact that they got you know a hundred thousand dollars accumulative of debt between their cars and their
2: line of credit and and the amount of interest that you could save on that portion alone. It, it's Yeah, it's crazy, actually. And just to talk some numbers, I mean, I just crunched some really rough numbers if rates did go up by 1%, which again we think is dramatic and we think it's going to take quite a while to get there if it gets there, but if rates went up by 1% on a $500,000 mortgage, that's $250 a month that your payment would increase, right? So again, like that's a pretty dramatic rate increase on a five that's a big mortgage, that's a lot of money being borrowed and it's 250 bucks a month, which is not nothing, but back to what you guys are talking about with unsecured liabilities, like people are paying $900 for a car payment like we see it every single day, right? right? So, you know, if this is something that, uh, you know, maybe you're in a variable product and you're worried about what happens in the future, you should really look at your current liabilities, your payments, your costs. And a refinance could be an awesome play here to consolidate some of those into one set payment. Bring your overall monthly cost down dramatically and get into these really, really cheap rates, right? Like we see car loans all the time at 8 9%. So, yeah, it would be good to revisit that and, and just... Do some personal budgeting, right? Figure out where your money's going every month. I was
0: talking to a client yesterday, and and you know he was just mentioning to me that he's he's been waiting over a year to have this conversation because he was almost embarrassed of it, trying to dig himself out. Like, don't be embarrassed of the situation you're in. Like, it's 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 one of those things where if, the, the cool thing about having all this equity in our homes and our homes going up in value is that ultimately you can use that equity up to eighty percent of it to consolidate your debts. Like, hey, we're taking a, a mortgage of his at four hundred and sixty k plus two car loans equal to fifty thousand dollars plus unsecured debt credit cards and, uh, and and a variety of other little considerations and putting that all together into a single payment at you know less than 2500 bucks i mean he's he's saving over $1000 a month in total principal like payments and we're also going to bump up the payments a little bit to add some more to the to the overall principal so not only is he going to end up paying it off a little bit faster at a lower interest rate but i mean again we talked about this you know $800 to $1000 a month of savings just like that to reset and restart. And listen, if you're interested and you need, if you know, listeners of our podcast, if you need a little bit of a budgeting tool, uh, make sure to send us an email at uh, infothrivemortgage.ca and we'll send you a little uh, link to our budgeting tool and you can download that and give it a shot yourselves. But in the meantime, doesn't hurt to have a conversation, talk to your mortgage broker, talk to us, let's see where we can help you out with those debts. And then you can start planning to do a little bit of a better budget, like Derek mentioned, budget for that $200
1: increase add it to your payment right away, which leads us to our third point, just one piece, you, you, you're you increasing cash flow with that scenario. Another way you can protect yourself is by increasing the amortization as well. And that's just going to protect yourself from that rising payment in, in, in the same fact, right? So like if that if those rates are going up, or you're increasing cash flow like that, you can go even further by going from, a you know, 25 years left in your amortization to 30 years. And that's going to increase cash flow significantly just by a little tweak like that. Additionally speaking, let's talk about, you know, uh, where Derek
0: left off in regards to the payments. So, of course, if we suggested, Derek, what was the number there? Was it $200? 250 bucks, 250 bucks a month for a $500,000 mortgage. $250 if your rate went up 1%. So let's put some stuff into context today. If you're going to do a 30-year mortgage today, your variable rate's probably going to be around 1.4, 1.5, something of that nature. I know we're going to date ourselves when we say that, but whatever. Your your fixed rates right now are one and a quarter above that. So 2.75 and, and higher, right? So that 1% buffer, like if you just took that 1% number right there and you added, in your case, a $500,000 mortgage, you just added 250-year payment right away, Every single month you're hammering $250 more on your monthly principal. And that's all going to principal. None of that's going to interest. So you're actually doing a compound effect in doing that. You're not only paying off the mortgage faster with less interest than you would have before, you're protecting yourself from potential of rising rates. Again, the potential of which you can dial it back anytime. And if you're so concerned about taking the fixed rate, listen, that's not even as high as what a fixed rate payment would have been. So you're used to paying essentially what the fixed rate payment would have been, anyways.
2: So it's kind of a, a trifecta of great options if you were to just do that day one. So you're paying down extra principal, you're saving interest because the balance is going down quicker, you're setting your payment higher so you're already there. There's no payment shock if and when rates do go up, you can just set your payment back down. So you're already there. It doesn't affect your your monthly budget. So really I think
0: the, the point at the end of the day is that you're really having a massive impact by doing that. So in in closing thoughts on that piece, I don't know if there's a ton more to add to it, just simply, Look at what your payment would be on a fixed rate mortgage, take the variable rate, and of course, add that all that goes to principle. You're protected against your budget, you're paying off more mortgage. It's a good thing. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, You know, locking in uh, to different terms and planning ahead? Maybe uh, some ideas as to what that could look like
1: for you. You always have the option to be able to lock in your variable rate. So this is more you know, looking at somebody that is currently in a variable rate term or somebody that's about to get into the market and weighing their options of going fixed versus variable and looking at locking in would be going the fixed direction. So you always have this opportunity to lock in and and is it the right play for you? And it's honestly, to me, it really comes back to what is your comfort level to, to, to really take some of these tips that we just talked about and weather the variable rate right to the end. I personally don't think it makes any sense to go variable unless you Really feel comfortable that you can weather the entire storm right to the end if we go through a storm, uh, and 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 if if that just ultimately there's indigestion there and you just don't want to do it, then yeah, lock in. Look at your terms. Look at what is available to you. We are again at historical low rates. So if if going you know going fixed rate, if you're in that pro- if you're in that property for the foreseeable future and you have no plans of moving, no need to refinance in the future, a fixed rate mortgage could be a great play and, and you can lock in quite easily. And, and how to do that is really just contacting your lender and looking at your options or, or contacting somebody like us and, and look at your options and make sure locking in is, is the right fit for you. First of all, if you're not going to stay variable the whole way, uh, it, it probably doesn't even make sense to go variable. Like
0: you have to think about it from a perspective of the long term. One of the things that was left out in the conversation is it's not just about the interest rate in general, but the number one cost that people pay. We talk about this all the time. So this is not going to be anything surprising is that darn IRD mortgage penalty, that fixed rate mortgage penalty, which co- costs people on average 5% of the balance of their mortgage. And the average mortgage that we see right now is $500,000. So that's a $25,000 penalty. To get out of that fixed rate loan, you know, I right now this week, on, you know, one week we're on a Thursday of a week. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't date it, but whatever. At the end of the day, this week, uh, I've already had a conversation with at least twelve borrowers who are going to break their mortgage. Didn't work with us last time around. Have a fixed rate mortgage and are paying penalties of anywhere between fifteen to the highest one being sixty thousand dollars. And if we had asked them today, what would you rather have rather done? I would have taken variable all day long and just weathered the storm. So that's a big, 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 big part of that that conversation. But to Dean's point. You know, if you are like, listen. If you can't sleep at night, then then don't go variable, right? It's like if you're the kind of person that's going to watch the stock market and stress up, stress out because it goes up and down, then then just go with fix from the, the beginning. But. Of course, you do have the option to lock in, ask your lender for the rates and terms, and then you can just flip it over. Yeah, yeah,
2: I totally agree. When people tell me that they're going to go variable, but they're going to try to lock in at the perfect time, I tell them don't bother because it's very, very tough to manage that and keep on top of what fixed rates are doing. And you think the Bank of Canada goes up and then fixed rates are going to go up, but they don't. So there's a lot to that and it can really, really kind of take over your mind. Another piece that I tell every single client going into a variable is like, You shouldn't really be going variable right now with the hope of saving on interest because we just don't know, right? If you do save interest, it's a bonus, but you should be going variable for the flexibility of that product, right? Knowing you can convert if you need to, knowing the penalty is very minimal. Obviously, if you come out ahead on interest, I think it's a win. But really, you should be going variable because of the flexibility of the product. And again, like the rates are super appealing right now. But again, that might not be something that we have forever. And we don't know if it's going to outweigh the fixed rate, right? There's just a lot of unknowns in that product. And that's where that risk tolerance um, is really required. Yeah. So uh,
0: interesting conversation to have back and forth because we're almost like not trying to promote, even though we know that in the long run, variable almost always saves you more on the total cost. It's just how you think about it is the real key here. And, uh, you know, again, all, if you ask all three of us, all three of us are variable all day long. Um, ask your mortgage provider which one that they go with and why and give you a very clear explanation that would be a key okay so let's talk about uh just like on the same vein let's look at history uh we just talked about it Derek just already uh you know jumped into it historically speaking rates don't stay the same forever as he just mentioned they do go up and down um you know like I, I have to look back at the numbers in the chart here maybe you guys have it in front of you right now but you know 2015 to 2018 we went down once and we stayed the same for a number of years before we rose up for a year and a half and then boom market crash in 2020 not market crash I should say but variable rate and prime uh dropped quite substantially in 2020 and we've been sitting low ever since we're not in the times anymore of 8% rates or 10% rates that's just not going to happen and we protected ourselves with these stress tests so again you can make the payments of those things happening But again, just historically speaking, look at history. What are the number one costs? We could tell you right now, average person breaks their mortgage at 36 months or well, around 36 months. So the prepayment penalty tends to be the number one consideration outside of that. Rates are gonna go up and down. Just be aware of that 100%. You have to be okay with that. And then as you move forward, as, as long as you are comfortable and settled in, adjust the payments accordingly renewing early uh, Dean you, you do a lot of this right now with a lot of our clients uh, who are active within our our, uh, our thrive tribe uh, talk a little bit about renewing early and what some of the advice you provide is
1: yeah so like renewing early it really depends on the product you're currently in and if you're if you're already running with a fixed rate, there is an opportunity to renew early. Sometimes it's it's usually at that six month window. So we got six months left in the term. There are opportunities to renew early and that's important to know because when you're in a fixed rate, back to the penalty discussion, it can be very difficult to get out of that product. So once you get to that six month window, you now can start looking at your options more seriously. And that's really what we're looking to hone in on is those clients that are in the fixed rate mortgage and now looking, hey, maybe now is the time to go variable. Um, so that's where we're really trying to be on top of things, especially with our client is, is is looking at those opportunities and you know for if, if we're sitting at the end of the year here and again not to date ourselves but we, we got six months out and we're in a really low interest market now might definitely be the time to look at that because we again back to be this being so difficult to predict we don't know where we're going to be in six months and and if you could take advantage of something now, we highly recommend that. And whether it's, uh, you know, whether or not your rates are uh, going to be dropped or
0: maybe you're going tr- to lock into a length of time for that period. I mean, one thing we know to be true, especially when it comes to the variable rate pieces, we've never seen discounts historically as low as they are right now. If you don't know what a discount is, it's your, you, you typically you get prime minus uh, a percentage point or some point, so prime minus 0.5% or prime minus 1% historically speaking, we, we just never seen rates so low when it comes to the discount. So you can take advantage of locking in that discount in advance. So you have that in place and you've got that. So again, if rates do go up or down, if you wait that extra year, you might not get the discount that you would have today, whether or not rates are uh, up or down. So that could save you money there too.
1: And that's a big thing. We talk about variable rates, you know, not necessarily going to a variable rate product for the purpose of saving interest, but you're you're just simply you you are you're going to save a significant amount of interest right now that's the fact and and to be able to to your point lock in a a variable rate discount of prime minus one 1.1 1.2 percent these are historical discounts we we haven't seen them this high Um, and so yeah if you can lock it in protect yourself great but you're also probably going to save some pretty decent interest from in that last six months of your term by just getting into it now, right? So, and and the interest saved, it's significant. It, you know, if you're looking, even just a six month window, I had a client save
2: $3,000 in six months, just from doing this. A bit of clarity on, on you know, rates going up, because <clears throat> a lot of the conversation around rates increasing is is derived from the Bank of Canada. The Bank of Canada making a change, right? They raise uh, the overnight lending rate, banks raise prime rate, everyone in a variable or line of credit, their rates will follow suit. Now for anyone thinking about purchasing or thinking about refinancing there's nothing stopping the banks themselves from saying hey we're not going to offer 1.4 we're going to offer 1.6 right like the banks can shrink those variable rate discounts whenever they want based on year ends and profitability and you name it. So if you're looking at getting into the market. That's something that we can't predict and Bank of Canada could choose not to change rates at all for two years. We have no idea but that doesn't mean that the banks don't want to raise uh, the actual rates that they're offering, right? We just don't know how that's going to play out. I think we should probably, I know
0: we've done a lot on variable rate stuff
2: in the past but you know we probably uh, in the future
0: we'll do an episode a little bit more and explain the whole discount scenario and how that works. So let's uh, let's talk about our favorite conversation and one that we definitely are going to continue to bring up as time goes on which is if you're concerned about real estate in general, invest in more of it and why that makes a lot of sense. So Derek, you know, obviously you brought this point up uh, to begin with. Why don't you start us off here and then we can get into, uh, you know, fleshing out this topic.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think just as a whole, right, if if you want to look at your financial stability and, and not have to worry so much about a payment increase, um, obviously trying to build your net worth is going to help with that, right? Um, if you have... Leverage if you have equity in your property and you're able to leverage that, maybe get into an investment property or invest in anything that's you know increasing at a a more rapid pace in inflation, and and you're able to build up equity and savings. I think it just makes life a little bit easier, and you can kind of weather uh, a rate increase or you can weather a storm because you have more on the go right so instead of just focusing on you know maybe that sole property if you have the ability to restructure refinance invest get yourself into another property it really does take the stress off because you know that you have fallback right Um, i think the people that are the people that are going to be you know hit by a rate increase are the people that aren't taking the time uh, and, and putting the energy into investing and trying to build their net worth and trying to save right it's somebody that's not able to save any money and, and you know maybe they have a lot of debt that's racked up these are the people that an extra 250 bucks or an extra 400 bucks could really make a difference in their life right so i think just you know putting focus on on trying to grow your wealth and real estate is just such an amazing tool especially where we live like it's unbelievable what's going on right one point i did
0: want to bring up to that is looking at the type of investment that you're investing in too is going to be an important consideration because this could also backfire uh, in some ways, like we have some people who buy purely based on appreciation, but they don't factor in potential increasing rates, and they don't look at, you know, having a buffer. Something you really want to be conscious of is how you invest. This can this can completely push you forward and, and do fantastic things, but it can work against you if you don't get educated.
1: A lot of this discussion today has been around variable and how to protect yourself from going up for, with a variable rate, but you could also just be somebody that's, hey, I'm totally convinced I'm going fixed, but I'm sitting on the fence waiting to buy, and and. You know, if if your goal is to buy an investment property, but you're maybe just not ready now, or the market's too difficult for you to enter, you know, a couple things to think about are, are locking in a rate, a, a getting a rate hold in place, just knowing where you stand, just sitting on the sideline and not doing anything because you feel you're not ready um and even though you may be hearing information today that's telling you hey I, I, don't, I actually don't need to worry about rates going up because that's what you believe in and that's you know the information you're getting is giving you comfort there i always think hey if you're going to invest in a property you're going to buy your you know your next rental property prepare and, and start now i agree with
0: you there 100 and And to your point, I mean, to go even deeper, I think, you know, what, what Dean means in more detail is, you know, have the conversations now, get your pre-qualification done, submit your documentation, submit your applications. I don't know how many people, like, I couldn't even count the amount of people on my hand where we had a conversation said, Hey, like, let's just put this together. Let's work together. Let's build out some scenarios. Then you can be prepared. Then you can start hunting and find something. And they actually did. And they executed, you know, in the last one or two years, and now, obviously, their net worth has increased, but they're also in a situation where they're looking to buy or add another property, or they're telling friends and family, like, hey, I did this, this is what's going on. So like, if you don't even give it a shot, you're never going to go anywhere. And so that's where those conversations you know, really start. You know, I think, like again, we talk about real estate investing quite a bit and the ins and outs of how to do that, and we'll definitely continue to have those conversations, but there's, there's, I mean, I, I don't know if I can, I don't have facts to quote in front of you right now, but it's undoubtedly, undoubtedly true that the majority of people that we work with that own more than one piece of real estate have a greater net worth than those who don't, not just in the form of having a second property, but just generally speaking. And it's not because they have some kind of crazy superpower or make some kind of crazy amount of money. It's just that they started the conversation, looked into it and then took action. So take action. That's the key here. Have the conversation,
2: work with people who know what they're doing. Yeah. And I mean, I think the concept of like buying your second property, especially when you just bought your first one, maybe with 5% down, it just seems unrealistic. Like, how do you get to 20% down? It just took me 10 years to save 5%, right? But again, once you get into the market, we've seen people make $250,000 on a townhouse in two years, right? So, you know, it all depends on what happens with our market as we go forward. But if, if properties continue to appreciate like they are, It can make this transition happen very very quickly right so starting to plan now i mean you know we could run numbers and kind of tell you guys what it looks like assuming that the equity or the down payment might be there in 12 months And we reconnect in 12 months and see what it looks like, right? So it's just, it's something that can happen a lot quicker than most people can really fathom just because of where we live and and the market that we're in. Well, again, so I I mean,
0: my big thing in in the summary of this uh, conversation is like you can do so many things before stressing about it, uh, interest rate increases. There's so many things you can do to protect yourself increase your payment, refinance, renew early, look at buying other pieces of real estate while you can. A lot of different opportunities that are out there right now to help you so you don't stress about it. Uh, in in our opinion, most people that worry about this have so many other things that they can do before worrying about this in their lives. It's just that unfortunately, listen, the news pushes this. like It's a, it's a clickbait. They get you pumped up and interested. Hey, rates are going to go up. They're going to go up three times, five times, eight times, 10 times, Look at the headlines of magazines for the last twenty years. You like literally look at covers, and over and over and over, it says rates are going up. Like, don't let it stress you out. Look at your car loans first. Look at your credit cards. Look at your uh, outside spending, and look at those things before stressing out about this. And then make a little payment increase. I mean, one simple suggestion to to end this off is, hey, if you can't increase it by two hundred fifty dollars, but you like where you're at right now, just increase it to the nearest hundred bucks and do that every year if you can, or fifty bucks, or twenty bucks, whatever it could be. It's just a small little compound effect that will make a big difference. You know, our goal is to help families create wealth in real estate. And this this is just one of the ways to do that. And so we're trying to take a, a really much a, an, um, an unbiased approach to giving advice to a variety of different people. Your situation is unique. So to get that kind of good advice about your upcoming mortgage refinance or renewal, you got to make sure to check us out. Go to our website, thrivemortgage.ca. Fill out the form. You know, let's set up a consultation call with uh, Dean or one of the partners here. And let's see if there's uh, something we can do for you. Otherwise, we'll see you at the next show. Make sure to leave us at five-star review ratings. Follow us on Instagram, Thrive Mortgage Co., and we'll see you soon.